and welcome to Shadow of the Past, a side project of the Card Game Cooperative podcast, where we take a bit of time to look at individual scenarios from across the co-op LCGs created by Fantasy Flight Games. My name is Michael, and joining me tonight is James. How are you doing, James? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. It's well, it's the end of the weekend, so I'm back to back to work tomorrow. But apart from that, it's uh, apart from that, it's been a good few days. Well, I know you've had a very good hour today as we were lucky enough to go for a walk earlier today which sounds very weird to do in 2021 but yeah that was that was great letting the little kids see each other yeah we got to uh got to meet your son he seemed fairly unimpressed with us but then he fell asleep so you know i think i, th- I think that's about as, uh, as positive an endorsement you can get from a uh, from a 10 week old baby it's like yeah i'm not terrified of you i'm going to fall asleep Yes, I think that was more of a, a statement on uh, his opinion of being in the pram rather than the new uh, people he was meeting. <laughs> right, shall we get into some cards then? Yeah. As is the way with this little spin-off thing, we're going to be reviewing a scenario each week. And this week, James, do you want to reveal what we're going to be going through? Uh, yeah, so we are going to be looking at Taskmaster from Marvel Champions with... Uh, I believe you've already done uh, done an Arkham with Will and a, a Lord of the Rings with Simon, so you know, it felt like we ought to uh, ought to complete the uh, the trilogy with uh, with a champions champion scenario. So yeah, Taskmaster from the Rise of Red Skull box. Considerably fewer scenarios to pick from for uh, Marvel Champions than the other two, but uh, yes. still still decent number yeah yeah i mean i i think it would probably be a bit premature to be uh, be talking about any of the galaxy's most wanted stuff but i've had uh, had six months or so with uh, with rise of red skull now so i think we can uh, hopefully say something not completely banal about it yeah well fingers crossed we'll see what people think <laughs> So uh, as we start the episode before we need to tell people who haven't played it to turn off we are going to have a spoiler free piece of advice uh james yeah, have you prepared something in advance a bit uh, out of context statement for those players i have not um as you can probably tell by the uh the long pause spoiler free advice um yeah i mean i don't know do things like he doesn't like ant-man as marvel wasp or she-hulk is that a spoiler no, no. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't understand why unless I'd played it. So there we are. <laughs> so there we are. So now at this point, if you haven't played the Taskmaster scenario, or if you don't want to know details about Taskmaster scenario, that's probably the more accurate thing, then uh, this might not be the episode for you. Just come back to it after, uh, later on when you have played through it a bit. So let's get stuck in. We'll try, We'll go through the walkthrough, discuss the few cards that kind of explain the structure of the scenario itself and then uh, discuss some other aspects of the scenario after that. So uh, I think quite fundamental, as is the case with any of the Marvel Champion scenarios, uh, quite fundamental to this one is the villain himself. So James, do you want to read out the Taskmaster card? Sure. Taskmaster is a villain. He is Hydra and Mercenary. Uh, depending on which stage you're at, he has one, two, or three scheme in ascending order. Uh, two, two, or three attack. Uh, 13, 16, or 17 hit points per player. Um, 
he's got a forced response on all three stages, and that forced response is, after a player changes to hero form, they discard the top card of the encounter deck and take damage equal to the number of boost icons on that card. So he is going to punish you for flipping from alter ego to hero, or if you're Ant-Man or Wasp, for, for, flipping, uh, for flipping from hero to hero. Or She-Hulk, yes. Yes. You could end up taking more damage by flipping to She-Hulk than dealing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and then the stage two and three versions also have when revealed deal each player an encounter card. Yeah, there we are. I think the theme of this scenario is within the campaign, you've returned to New York and there's people, there's there's all of Taskmaster's minions and himself running around trying to hunt down the heroes. So it that kind of represents you being safer, being in alter ego mode, which is kind of always the case, but it's even more so within the scenario that you're safer if you're in alter ego mode. I, that's how I'm just seeing that. Sure. And I think... On the subject of that, that false response, it's probably worth looking at that together with the main scheme. Um, the main scheme is 12 per player threat, so nice big threshold. It is just the one stage. Starts on one per player, goes up by one per player each round, but it has a false response. After revol- resolving step one of the villain phase, each player in hero form must choose to either place one threat here or take a damage. So essentially, he's going to damage you if you stay in hero form, and he's going to damage you if you flip back and forth. Yeah. I think reading through that, I like my first my first guess is, therefore, you don't want to be staying in hero mode all the time. And also, you don't want to be flipping back and forth all the time. So therefore, the only option left is you must be staying in alter ego a lot. Which you can get away with to an extent, because it does have such a big threshold. But you're never going to win any... I don't think you could win any champions scenario by staying in alter ego the whole time. I guess you might manage it in leadership, but certainly outside of leadership, most of your cards just aren't going to do anything in uh, in alter ego. But yeah, he's he's an interesting puzzle. Um, and as I say, I think he, he directly techs against both Ms. Marvel, who is, uh, as people will know, is uh, one of my favourite heroes in the game, uh, and then also Ant-Man and Wasp, who like to be flipping a lot um when i i did the expert campaign with wasp and i just ran into a taskmaster shaped brick wall um <laughs> yeah it took me so many attempts um i think for campaign mode is it worth talking about the uh well this is a a feature of the scenario generally but i think it, it was particularly relevant for the campaign do you want to talk about captured by hydra Yeah, I'll read out this um, side scheme. There's four copies of this card in the deck, and they are shuffled in at the start, aren't they? There's no strange set of side instructions. So they're just, yeah, they'll crop up as you're drawing through the deck. And uh, side scheme, as I mentioned, with five threat placed when you reveal it, and it has the when revealed effect, place one random set-aside captive ally face down beneath this scheme. When this scheme is defeated, the player who defeated it takes that ally into their hand and removes this scheme from the game. And it has an acceleration icon. So, yeah, I think that's what my (laughs) brain was subconsciously thinking about. The schemes themselves aren't set aside, but the captive allies are set aside. And 
uh, it's probably worth having a look at at least one of them. There is four to match the four copies of the side schemes. But uh, do you want to pick one and have a read through it? Sure. I mean, I think we can can do a kind of high level summary. There are four allies: uh, so Electra, Moon Knight, Shang Chi, and White Tiger. They are all zero cost allies with three health and an attack. That's uh, right, attack thwart totaling four. So uh, the guys are two two and the girls are 1, 3, and 3, 1. And they've also each got a response, which is after you play them from your hand, spend some type of resource and do a thing. So Electra, spend a physical deal 3 damage. White Tiger, spend a mental move 3 threat. Shang-Chi, spend a lightning, uh, stun an enemy. Moon Knight, spend a wild, draw 2 cards. So they are pretty powerful allies. And yeah, if you're playing in campaign mode, you get to keep them for... Zola and Red Skull, um, which can be kind of crazy just having these potentially, as I managed in the expert campaign, four zero cost allies, all of them with really good wow. stats. I, I was going to ask, I don't think I've ever got all four of them in a scenario, whether it's been campaign mode or standalone mode. I think three was my best. I went into it very deliberately with, I'm going to build this deck around being able to manage threat and stay alive. And I will drag the scenario out as long as it takes me to get all four allies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think you, you can probably only really do that in Justice or Protection. Um, I think you would struggle with uh, with something like an aggression deck where you just need to punch through before you die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, that the cards themselves are just... There's basically no downside to them. They're just very powerful, very cheap allies, but... And they're all wild resources. Yeah, that goes very nice in Doctor Strange with his event that triggers everything if you get a wild resource. That's always my first thought with wilds. Um, <laughs> yeah, or any any scenario effect where it's you know spend this type of resource and exhaust your hero or whatever to you know to get rid of a treachery or something that's come out of the encounter deck. Ooh, I'd have to be. It'd have to be quite a bad punishment for me to discard one of these rather than play them for free. They're that powerful. But yeah, I guess there's yeah a card is even better when there's flexibility within it and there will be situations where you do want to discard them, yeah. So yeah, you'll only ever get them appear once because you set aside the Captured by Hydra cards. They're, I think they're quite a good balance with five threat on them and only an acceleration icon. So there's almost a temptation to just leave them and not think about them. But... Uh, it's just such a good reward for dealing with them. It, it's interesting that it doesn't scale. It's just five threat, whether that's solo or four player. It's five threat. It's not five per. So that can that can make a, a big difference. I find. Now I'm wondering why side schemes have five per anyway. I mean, minions rarely have a health that's per. And you draw, a, you know, you get a player might draw one minion, and a player might draw one side scheme. But why are side schemes scalers? I'm now questioning that. <laughs> I guess because the main scheme scales in the same way. So in a four-player game, you've got that much more threat you can allow to build up on the main scheme. So if four people can just all chuck their thwarting at a side scheme too easy to get rid of i don't know okay yeah i see that so yeah i think we've um 
that's kind of generally the shell of the scenario itself. Um, are there any other individual cards within the scenario you wanted to call out to? I think this is the first, because this is the first champion scenario we're looking at. I think it's fair to not just look at the villain set itself, but also the other modules that, either the modules that instruct you to include, or maybe if there's a, another module that's significant to include, we could, I guess, comment on that. Uh, I mean, so it it comes with Hydra Patrol. That's a kind of forced element. Uh, of it i mean obviously technically you could put something different in but it's kind of officially it it comes with hydro patrol and then one modular encounter set where they recommend weapon master i will say that there is a card within the hydro patrol set the hydro patrol side scheme that is put into play as part of the setup for the scenario so I mean, it's great how flexible this game is and yeah you probably could just pick a different module set and put a different uh side scheme into play at the beginning of the scenario and give a different thematic explanation for it. But uh, for that reason, that's why Hydro Patrol is listed as always it has to be in. Good point. Um, but yeah, so I think I think Hydro Patrol is a, is a nice one thematically. You know, it, it really kind of plays up that idea of this is this alternate timeline where, you know, Hydra have taken over and yeah, they're just everywhere, and as fast as you can kill one, another one comes out. Um, so yeah, in in that respect, I think that's that's quite a nice one uh, thematically. I guess in terms of um, in terms of cards within Taskmaster's set, I think the one that I really like is Mimicry, just just from a thematic perspective. So if anyone's not familiar with with Taskmaster, his his kind of whole thing is that he's got what they call photographic reflexes. So basically, as soon as he sees you do your thing, he can do it. So he can fight with a shield like Cap. He doesn't need a, a training montage where he throws it at trees outside his house or anything like that. He, he just watches it once and he can do it. Um, you know, yeah, he sees Black Widow do a, a backflip and a kick and whatever. Yeah, he can just do it all instantly. Um, so it's just a treachery that's when revealed alter ego, discard the top five cards of your deck. If a thought card's discarded, he schemes. When revealed hero, discard the top five cards of your deck. If an attack was discarded this way, he attacks you. So, I, yeah, I, I just like that one from a, a thematic perspective of he's he's going to discard some stuff. He's going to look at what you do. And if you do the thing, he's going to do it back. When I um, build my player decks, I quite often like to have a five cards or so as a side deck. And then, you know, depending on what scenario I'm playing against, I could move things in and out. But I think every time Mimicry comes up, I always think, ah, I didn't try and reduce the number of thwart events and attack events in my deck. I forgot again, but... uh... Can it, uh, no, it can't do both because uh, one, the thwart ability is when you're in alter ego, and the attack is when you're in hero. So yeah, it won't do, won't trigger both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I think the kind of the the one thing almost that it, it feels like this this card that this scenario is missing is a card that forces you to flip from hero to alter ego or or vice versa. I think that would be a, a, a you know that could potentially be a very interesting extra layer. Uh, to put on it you know given that it's punishing you for being in a particular form or punishing you for flipping just adding on top of that something that's going to force you to flip um 
I'd hate it if it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking of the uh, I can't remember what it's actually called, but the Tombstone module set. Um, yes, running interference. That's the one. I think oh, it doesn't I'm it doesn't sure flip I, you. I'm not sure if I've put them together. I might have to try that. Yeah, because that's got lots of things where it's going to force you force you into alter ego to because there's some disgusting. Uh, yes. Well, it's media coverage, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, the only way you can address it is if you flip to alter ego. So it's kind of it's forcing you, but not literally forcing you. But like, yeah, you don't really have a choice. You need to address it. And then, as by that same logic, I'm sure there's a module set in Kang as well with all the obliga- obligations in that you have to flip to alter ego. So that could be quite nasty to include with Taskmaster. Yeah, well, again, to my my wasp expert wasp expert campaign, it was a it was a Kang campaign, so all of the modular modular sets for the whole campaign were were Kang ones in various different combinations. Um, but I like I think, that. I think for this one, I just had Master of Time, and the only obligation in that is that you cannot attack Kang, which. <laughs> is only an issue if the Kang minion comes out. It's not. It's not nearly so bad when you're not running it in the Kang scenario, where yeah. it basically becomes you cannot attack the villain. So moving on from the thematically strong mimicry card, we've got the thematically essential. Like it would have been pretty bad if they didn't include this in any way. But they've got the cards for his sword and his shield. They're two separate attachments. Um, basically. Uh, one gives piercing and plus one attack and the other gives retaliate and you've got means of discarding them with hero actions do you have an opinion on which one is worse which one do you get annoyed by more coming up i mean if i'm not playing doctor strange piercing doesn't bother me that much because i'm just i you know and yeah unless i'm doctor strange unless i'm playing protection and i don't play much solo protection i'm probably not using tough that much so really that card just says plus one attack um retaliate is nasty if you're using leadership or anything you're trying to do lots of little bits of damage um yeah i i, I, th- I think it's just so hero dependent like you know, if you're you know if you're if you're playing ant-man it's like well i'm gonna ping you three times with army of ants and then i'm going to flip to giant and do you some damage that way and then Mm -hmm. i'm going to do something else and do your damage that way and the only actual attack attack is going to be a giant stomp for eight and i take one retaliate damage for the 13 i've just dealt you or whatever then kind of who can you know versus exhaust your hero and spend two resources and i think so these two and one of the side schemes in his in his deck they're the only cards inherent to Kang or Hydra Patrol that have three boost icons on them, which, given his forced effect when you flip, is like actually kind of like leaving those three boost icon ones out of the deck. Ooh, that is, yeah, conniving. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it, it depends a lot on which hero and how late in the game. Like, you know, if, if you get them early in the game, you probably want to get rid of both just because over the course of the game that plus one attack or that retaliate one's really going to build up but yeah if it's if it's late on and particularly if the encounter deck is about to empty and reshuffle then i'll be much more tempted to to just try and weather it and hope for the best 
See, um, as is often the case when I set up a question on this podcast, it's because I've got my own answer already set up. And <laughs> I really thought that pretty much everyone thinks that the shield is worse because I, I, yeah, I'm not so fussed about the piercing and the plus one attack. And I do play a lot of protection and use a lot of tough status tokens. And even in spite of that, I'm still not so fussed by it. But the maybe, yeah, the retaliate one, I just always feel like on any villain is such a big hurdle to deal with i'm always a lot more annoyed to see the shield come up rather than the sword but that's that's interesting that that isn't the case for everyone playing this game there there is situations when they're similar to each other yeah i mean i i I think it varies um as i say you know hawkeye probably doesn't care because arrows and i remember um whichever of the Kang stage twos it is that has the permanent retaliate. I remember getting through, I remember using Ant-Man and managing to get through that without taking a single retaliate damage and being quite pleased with that as a sort of, you know, mini <laughs> achievement. But yeah, I think, as I say, if you're doing, if you're using any kind of ally damage, then yeah, absolutely. That, that just has to go straight away. Uh, something that I was trying to think about when uh, preparing for this episode is the, considering that very small amount of damage that keeps pinging through whenever you're flipping onto hero mode, the effect of revealing the top card and taking damage for the boost icons. Trying to think of player cards that can address it, and the main ones that came up for me were booster boots, which we've just had in the new Galaxy's Most Wanted, where you can cancel a single point of damage. But only if you're a guardian? You can only play it if you're a guardian, yes. So currently there's only two heroes that can take it. And then energy barrier, which I believe is not connected to it being an attack i think it's just taking damage in any way and then uh biosynthetic wings as well and i was wondering if you'd with your experience of playing wasp through this were you always trying to dig and get out biosynthetic wings so you could just address the little ping of damage every now and then yeah i don't feel like i got those out um that that often you know, just one of those things that a card that just never really appeared um I know one that I um, one thing I did do a bit of. Um, I forget the name of the card now, but I think it would often be I'll take the flip damage and then I'll use that protection card that gives you tough after you flip. So you you flip. His is a forced response. You take the damage from that, but then you use that to give yourself tough. And because you're now tough for his attack. Actually, that kind of takes the edge off of because, yeah, even if he's like three plus a boost, just yeah, take it on the tough. As well, assuming he doesn't have a sword and piercing. I am guessing that is a card from either Wasp or Scarlet Witch, as I'm not very familiar with that yet. I don't I think. think that, I um, think it's Wasp because it's a, okay. quite, it was part of that that little suite of when you flip cards. Yeah, I'm sure I'll find it in a minute. There we are. Oh, I kind of want to move on to playthrough stories, but yeah, you'll, you'll come back to this in a second. But yeah, do you have any play stories? I'm guessing you've been having a bit of a, um, a few goes at it recently in the lead up to recording this episode. Um, I myself have actually not been very successful with it. Uh, I look back through uh, my notes on previous games and up until about a couple of months ago, I'd never actually lost to this scenario. I'd somehow managed to get probably quite fluky with it. But then in the preparation for this, I've lost all but one of my games. 
So uh, I don't know what changed, but yeah, I, I, it seemed for me, it was main things we're struggling with is threatening out. So even though there's such a massive threat uh, limit on this only uh, stage, it was just cards like uh, advance and mimicry, as you mentioned earlier, being able to just have extra thwarting, uh, thwarting scheming occurring. Um, and then there's a, f- I found there was a fair few encounter cards that have insight on them as well that impacted it for me and just kept, I think most of those games I was probably playing around a little too high to the, the game losing threat level and then just drawing the wrong cards and not being prepared for that. Yeah. Um, so going back the card, I was trying to think of it's Perseverance, which yeah, it was the protection card from Wasp. It's a one-cost protection event. Hero response after you change form, give your hero a tough status card. There we are, yeah. So, so yeah. That. I mean, it's about as useful... It's kind of about as useful in this scenario as in any other ones. I guess it just... It doesn't taste as bad taking one or two damage when you flip to hero if you know you're going to be protected from the next attack. I think just maybe psychologically it helps. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think also just because... I think this is a scenario where heroes who like to flip a lot need to be actively thinking about what am I doing about damage. I mean, so the uh, I only managed one game of, of this scenario this week, <clears throat> which was with a, a Ms. Marvel aggression deck. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, I was just uh, looking back at my notes, and it just says being able to recover for seven is great. Because <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> right, get endurance out, get downtime out, and it's like I'm just going to flip every turn because. That's what you want to do with Ms. Marvel so you can trigger all the personas. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to take probably one or two damage because actually there's very few three boosts in there. And yeah, it doesn't doesn't really matter if I take one or two damage because, yeah. yeah, I'm going to recover for seven next round. And once <laughs> I do that, who cares? So I think throughout this episode, you have said this scenario is tough with Miss Marvel and you have said this scenario... Oh, no, you said this scenario was tough with aggression if you're trying to get all four of the allies. So yeah. did you manage to win with that combo in the end? Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I won. I think I won reasonably comfortably. Well, I got about 10 minutes in, rest. I'd forgotten to include um, Hydra Patrol apart from the side scheme. So then I started again and, uh, yeah, went, uh, went, uh, went fairly well. So, yeah, I think I think you can you can punch through it. I mean, I've said many times that I think if you're going for an aggression deck, Ms. Marvel is one of the best choices for a true solo because it's an aggression deck that can thwart for five a turn. But pretty reliably, you know, you just once you get your shrink out, you just play sneak by and pull it back to hand. There's three of them in the deck, you can recycle them with a mirror. Uh so yeah, she can she can play a slower game than most aggression decks can true solo, but yeah, it wasn't campaign, it was standalone, and it's just, I'm just going to get through it as as quickly as I need to. Um, if I'd have been specifically trying to stall it out to get as many allies as I could, then, then at that point it becomes a bit of a different uh, bit of a different undertaking. I uh, Yeah, I too do enjoy Miss Marvel aggression. That's the uh, aspect I've got her like constantly set up for. And uh, I think, yeah, similar to what you're saying about you, the, combining shrink to get five thwarting each turn uh you can i think my favorite thing to do is i think chase is it called chase them down when you defeat a minion remove two threat 
and uh, that just that gets increased as well and you can exhaust her if you want to pull it back to hand to play it immediately again so uh a free event where you exhaust your hero and remove six threat yeah six threat um I'm quite pleased with that. You just got to kill a minion, but you play an aggression. So yeah, it's probably happening. (laughs) And there's both Hydra Patrol and Taskmaster have a decent number of not particularly huge uh, Hydra minions. There are like two, three, four hit points. Yes. Um, It's possibly worth mentioning at this point, Taskmaster's training camp, which I think up with the sword and the shield is probably the other nastiest... um, nastiest card in the deck so it's a it's a side scheme two per player threat which isn't that bad uh it's a hazard so an extra card a turn it's three boost and force response after a minion enters play give it a tough status card like that is a card that just needs to go the round it arrives and i don't care about the fact of fact i'm putting a three boost back in the deck i just want that out of play because all those minions coming in tough is a real pain yeah, it's it's so much worse dealing with a minion that's got three health and tough than it is just dealing with a minion with three health. It's a really big difference. And I mean, yeah, I think anything with a, um, a boost symbol. What, what was what's it called again? Where you get an extra encounter card? Hazard. Hazard. Thank you. Yeah, anything with that is an undesirable uh, yeah get rid of it as soon as you can thankfully as you say two per is not a bad threat level so we'll move on into the getting towards the end of the episode we now have the irrelevant and meaningless difficulty rating named so because yeah we fully acknowledge that you any difficulty rating that you try and attribute to a scenario is kind of almost arguably useless just because it's it's hard to judge anything within a vacuum of covering all context and all possibilities but we're giving it a go anyway um you got a rating from one to five that you considering giving this yeah i mean i was i think because i had so much trouble with wasp in the campaign and i think to be honest the main reason i had so much trouble with wasp in the campaign was because of what had happened up to that point so i'd i'd taken so i finished crossbones with fairly low health i took the obligation because of like i've got to just get through absorbing man because solo expert campaign i just don't want to get into red skull with loads and loads of delay counters so i was coming in with low health and every single game i played i saw the um uh, I saw the the obligation I'd taken, so I was like, "Oh yeah, this one's really difficult." And as I look at it again, it's like, no, actually, it was it was just the kind of perfect storm of bad stuff that happened in that campaign. So, actually, I think he's he's probably only about a three. I think he's, yeah, I, th- I think potentially like you know, putting in particular modular sets, you could you could make him a lot harder. Um, you know, if we get a modular set in six months, a year's time, that's just all three boost icons, then stick that in, and and this guy is gonna gonna mess you up a bit. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for a three. Like he's not he's not a war, he's not a pushover. You can't just turn up with anything, and it'll be absolutely fine. But actually, if you think a bit about about what's coming and plan for it, he's he's pretty manageable. I think um, if I'd 
considered this a few weeks ago, I might have given him four stars because I kind of think of him as maybe a second tier villain. There's a fair, there's a few of them that are really difficult and you have to give a fair few goes to beat like um, Ultron and Mutagen Formula. They're both kind of, I have memories of struggling with them, but eventually beating them and Taskmaster, I think is a step down from that, but I wouldn't call him a walk in the park either. So I'd consider him a second tier. But then recently we've had uh, Gar- uh, Galaxy's Most Wanted release and I now have a new tier of villain of difficulty within that. So this now becomes third tier for me. This becomes three stars as well. I'd, I'd happily put it in that park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, compared with, with some of the difficulty coming out of um, out of Galaxy's Most Wanted, yeah, definitely not in not in that the, the league with some of them. Just getting hideous flashbacks to uh, yeah some of those cards. Some that I have a uh, yeah still not beaten yet. But anyway, uh, we're not discussing those scenarios in this episode. Yeah, I mean, although Band of Badoon would be quite uh, quite a nice one to mix in with this because I think all the boosts are either one or zero. Lovely, there we are, and there's a lot of them as well, so that thins the deck marvelously. There's not been a challenge set yeah this episode i think there was a challenge in our last two of the uh shadow of the past episodes maybe that's it a nice casual taskmaster with the badoon module set there you are there's the, ch- the nice simple challenge for once <laughs> or even even in fact looking at it menagerie medley has no boost icons whatsoever it's got plenty of specials and i hate that ghost with a fiery vengeance but yeah if, if he's revealed for taskmaster's forced effect he does nothing nor does the shark, and nor does the servant bot, because they're all boost abilities. Or is servant bot nothing? Servant bot's nothing, and yeah, the shark and the ghost are just specials. Then that's which one is the official challenge? No, there is no official challenge. It's just check. Anyway, we agreed on three stars. I think Hooray. that is quite impressive, and also quite disappointing that I think there's been about three stars every single episode. A nice mediocre, average, middle ground, safe score. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, for next episode we can do Rhino. I'm sure we can get a, sure we can get a lower score for that, or Ronan, depending on which direction you're wanting to uh, to to change the uh, the numbers in. <laughs> so just to wrap up, we've got some uh, contact details. If you want to get in touch with us and uh, chat about what you think of these scenarios, then um, you can contact us on Twitter. We are at Card Cooperative. Or you can find us on Facebook, which we are the Card Game Cooperative. And there's other social medias as well, but I'm going to wrap up for now. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to the episode. See you next time. Bye. Yeah, see you next time. <laughs>